Welcome to Escape the Earth. We are a sci-fi and fantasy book club transmitting from an undisclosed location within the San Antonio Public Library. We are supported by the San Antonio Public Library Foundation and are part of the Tuned In family of podcasts. I'm Tim and with me is Liz. Hello, this is Wiz. I happen to know for a fact that this is the only podcast where a Gen Xer discusses sci-fi with a millennial, and this virtually guarantees that I'll make pop culture references to things that Liz has never heard of or seen, and she'll talk about technology that I don't understand, like filters on Zoom. <laughs> and I will also make pop culture references that Tim has never heard of because I don't think he's on TikTok. No, I'm not on TikTok. TikTok is a black hole. Let me tell you, once you find your little niche with the TikTok algorithm, it's a black hole. So today is a special day because we have our first guest. It's teen librarian extraordinaire, Laura. Laura, we want to thank you for joining us today. And can you tell our listeners a little bit about yourself? Hello, I'm the teen services librarian at one of the San Antonio Public Library branches, and I have two cats who have probably seen the original Star Wars trilogy more than some people have. Have you uploaded any pictures of your cats watching A New Hope to any social media sites? No, because I am not on any social media. Ooh, the only person other than me not on social media. And this book reaffirmed that decision. (laughs) That's very true. That was one thought I had while reading this book, like in the first chapter. Let me see. Actually, I haven't, I wrote a note. I put, and everyone with anxiety immediately checks their phones and starts freaking out about being followed. That is my note verbatim. (laughs) But Laura, what was the last fantasy or sci-fi young adult book that you read before catfishing on the catnet, obviously? I read Akata Witch. But I only read the first one. That's a good one. What was Akata with? I think Liz would do a better job of explaining it than I would. <laughs> oh, stop it. <laughs> so Akata Witch is by Nettie Okorafor. It is, uh, you follow the young girl named Sunny. She's an albino African, well, Nigerian. And she grew up primarily in America, but then her family moves her back to Nigeria. And in Nigeria, she finds that she has these powers. I forgot what they're called, but it's like it's its own magical system. And she finds out that within or because she's albino, she has like a very unique kind of power. And then there is a big bad who I also do not remember what it's called because I just don't remember. It's been a few years since I've read this. And then she finds other friends with magical abilities. And then there's like this really cool teacher dude. Like he's a really cool mentor. (laughs) They just, you know, they form these friendships. They learn about their magic. They learn about their social and cultural differences because I think another one of them is also from America. But I mean, he's a teenager, like a 16, 17 year old. And he just now got sent to Nigeria. (laughs) by his family to I don't remember like I don't know I think he got in trouble so they sent him they sent him to the mother country (laughs) as far away from them as they could yeah and so it's just like the world building that Nettie Okorafor creates in this book is just so engrossing and the book feels light but not too light like there are stakes there are risks being taken but 
I mean, you you get a little like you, your heart might thump a little bit, but it's not going to be like, I need to put this book down because I need to go find like what's what's the um I don't know whatever you some of those shock pads that they use on you at the hospital to restart your heart. Yes, yeah, it's not that level of intense. One of my favorite things about this world, though, was that whenever you learn something, coins rain down on you. And that's how you earn money in this magical system is like by learning and becoming knowledgeable. So one more follow-up question for Laura. What does it say behind your head, Laura? Um, happiness can be found in the darkest of times. Dumbledore. There's a Dumbledore quote. It is. The truth is a beautiful and terrible thing and should therefore be treated with great caution. Mm-hmm. That's my Dumbledore quote. Guys, did I tell you what I found out recently about my my Harry Potter life? I think you told me. Okay. Have I told you, Tim? I don't think you about, told me. About the profound moment I had. Right. I found out I am, in fact, not a Slytherin. I am a Hufflepuff. Really? Yes, I'm a Hufflepuff. <laughs> and it makes, makes a lot of sense. I'm not going to lie. <laughs> but I'm a little disappointed in me. So now you have to trade in your Slytherin docs? Yeah. I have, to, I have to train all my Slytherin stuff. I have to get a new cup, man. <laughs> uh-huh. Well, Laura will pay you one fifth of the price that you originally paid for all of your Slytherin items. <laughs> we normally stick to uh, adult sci-fi, but we thought it might be fun to step outside of that and read some YA, hence the reason Laura's joining us. And our selection for this month is Catfishing on Catnet by Naomi Kritzer. And let's just get this out of the way real quick because there are going to be spoilers. We we spoil everything. We assume that you have read the book before you listen to this. So if you haven't yet, pause, go read it, come back, we'll wait. Yeah, because we are recording, so you know we're not going anywhere. <laughs> so Liz, where are you gonna give background information on catfishing on catnet? Oh yeah. Okay. So now that we have introduced what book we're reading, uh, some background information about the book, Catfishing on the Catnet, is written by Naomi Kritzer, and it was a Lodestar award winner in 2020. The Lodestar is specifically for young adult works in sci-fi, so if you want other reads, go check out the backlog of that award. Naomi Kritzer lives in St. Paul, Minnesota, and seems to alternate between writing about local politics and writing sci-fi, which can arguably be, you know, the same. This information all comes from her website, naomikritzer.com, and from the hugoawards.org website. So who's going to do the book synopsis? I can do it. Okay. <laughs> do it, Laura. Okay. Stephanie Taylor has spent her life on the run with her mom. She's been told that the reason they move so frequently is because they must remain hidden from Stephanie's father, who is controlling and dangerous, as well as violent. Because of this nomadic lifestyle, Stephanie has never been able to form friendships in real life. Her only true friends are on CatNet, a social media site run by the sentient AI and cat picture aficionado named Treasure Cat. Stephanie begins to question her mother's sanity and everything she's heard about her past. When Steph's mom ends up in the hospital and a prank involving the hacking of a sex ed robot goes wrong, her past comes roaring back into the present. She is forced to test the bonds of these online friendships to save herself and discover the truth. Dun, dun, dun. <laughs> also, you said, how did you say the AI's name? Cheshire Cat. You say Cheshire. I say Cheshire. Oh, Cheshire. I... Is that not right? <laughs> no, it's not wrong. It's just funny how like people pronounce things differently. 
Yeah. <laughs> Just Cheshire cat. Listen. And I'm all here like Cheshire. I know for a fact, Laura, that you've listened to our earlier episodes where we have spent endless time talking about how to pronounce things. Yes. <laughs> so that's because we've read some things that have the weirdest sellings ever. <laughs> so don't feel bad. Okay. Yeah, it's a it's a thing. It I don't think we intended it for to be a thing, but it's a thing. But we're not the only ones who have struggled with it. I know for a fact that other other sci-fi podcasts have the same issue. <laughs> so Laura, what did you think about the book? I really liked it. I felt like it was the perfect sci-fi book for people who are kind of intimidated by sci-fi, like me, because I don't want to get like involved in a whole world with a thousand books and a series. So this was perfect, just the right amount of sci-fi and just the right amount of like contemporary realistic. Mm-hmm. I, I agree with that. Because of the long series and usually the books are, you know, 700 page tomes. Mm-hmm. You did see at the end that there is a new book out called Chaos on Catman. Yes. Do you feel compelled to read that? Now? I do. <laughs> so do I. The, the funny thing is, is uh, I think I walked into this book expecting not to like it. I liked it a lot. And usually Liz and I are aiming for something that we can disagree on. And we both liked this book. <laughs> yeah. And I think it's funny that Tim and I were both like, we ain't gonna like this, but we both agreed to read it. Like we were both like, I'm not gonna like this, but we're like, yeah, let's read it. It just goes to show you, you know, you, you really can't judge a book by its cover or by its title. It, it was really well done. I think she builds up the suspense nicely. It's got a good pace to it and it's near future. So all the sci-fi elements are things that you can sort of see starting to take shape in the world around us. Especially at the end, like whenever they're in like, what are they in MIT? Like in that area around MIT? In Boston. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I liked it too. I thought it was very enjoyable. I love the AI. I love how it was like, I don't want to be evil. I want to be a good AI. Now she's like, oh. So Laura, what do, I know that you said there were some things in there about the way the, the adults uh, just brush off the teens. Yeah, I noticed that a lot with the teachers and then the police officers and just the adults in general, just not listening to the teens at all. And that just makes me think, you know, we need to listen when teens or, or teens or children or anybody really is telling us something is wrong. Something is happening. I'm not safe. We need to listen to those things as adults who actually have the power to do something. And that was just something where I kept seeing the adults in these teens lives keep failing them. I mean, anytime somebody comes and says that something's wrong, I think you have to take them at their word and at the very least investigate further. And uh, there are some very stark descriptions of domestic violence in this. Mm -hmm. You know, interestingly, COVID has sort of driven those numbers up in the domestic violence arena, unfortunately. And so to, to read about it here just makes it all the more stark. I think this thing about adults, like trusting other adults, like inherently is also an issue just because it's like, oh, and, and it goes hand in hand with like what you're saying. I guess I'm just like emphasizing your point, Laura. It's, it's a teen says one thing. You're just like, eh, 
but an adult says something you're like oh okay like i'm gonna listen it's just like really why didn't you listen whenever someone told you why just because they're not legally of age it's like so what if we were in i don't know europe you listen to them <laughs> as long as they were 16 or whatever the legal age is there and that becomes a problem with the dad because like yeah, with the father who comes into the picture, the abusive father, because he charms his way out of getting caught in anything. Personally, I've lived with two men who are like that. And it's just, it's infuriating because you just like, you see them painting this story. You're just like, that is not how like any of it went down. Excuse me. What? Were we in the same? Were we in the same room? I think that's a, that's a really great point for, to bring up Laura. So thank you for bringing it up. <laughs> and you hit some comments on the uh, the use of the smart. Yes. So I was aware that victims of domestic violence might have to be more careful with their smartphone usage, but this book really like drove it home about how much they have to, not just because of GPS and tracking, but they have to be careful of any photos or videos that might be taken of them and circulated with or without their knowledge. And it just makes me think of how people will post pictures of their children or grandchildren or whatever on different social media and not giving a thought to if the child wants a digital presence and if they can even consent to having their photo taken and how different organizations like libraries, schools, churches take photos of children during programs. The parents might've consented to the photos, but the child still didn't. So it just makes me think of how we might need to be more careful about how we circulate these children's images and who is seeing them. You know, the ones that we have done do not go anywhere, but really use in the building. We don't use them on social media or anything like that. Mm-hmm. It, it's just deleted and, and we don't hold on to it. And I know back when social media first came out and it was a new concept I was constantly warning my kids about what they posted online not only can what you say come back to haunt you the things that you post you you never know what they're doing with all this information if you read big data or biology or permanent record those things are out there now and they're not being deleted they're just being compiled and these companies know a lot more about us than I personally feel comfortable with them knowing. We even saw recently somebody who was up for the job of editing Vogue lost that opportunity because of something that she posted when she was 17. So you really, more than ever before, have to be mindful of what you say and what you put out there. Yeah, and there's a, there's a quote right at the beginning of Catfishing that I think sums this up perfectly it's the ai because the book goes in an alternate point of views of the ai and steph who is our main character so it's the ai and it says quote i know quite a lot about people though let's start with you obviously i know where you live thanks to the phone in your pocket i know where you are right now if you turn the location data off i still know where you are i'm just too polite to point it out to you if your phone is off or in airplane mode I can't see it, but I know where you normally are at this time of day. You're probably there today too. End of quote. <laughs> but whenever I read that, my eyes just all bugged out. I was like, <laughs> I'm like, right in the gut punch of reality. Well, but it's true too, because mm-hmm. we are we are creatures of habit very much. And 
if you were to look at my tracking, it would probably show back and forth between home and the library. <laughs> Maybe a trip to the grocery store here and there, but they can tell where, where you've been. And my phone, like anytime I get in the car, it tells me 13 minutes to work. Well, how'd you know I was going to work? Because <laughs> like, we know you, Timothy. Going back to the uh, abusive relationships, I think you had some points to make about the abusive relationship as well. So, I, think, I think referring to the character of Michael Quinn. Oh, specifically. yes. Yes. So today I am the one who chose violence. Um, <laughs> hypothetically, of course, people, hypothetically, don't come at me. But in this book, you find out through the eyes of the AI that the father of Stephanie, who is our main character, is an abusive person. I'm going to say person because I can't say what I really want to say on here. He is, in fact, chasing Stephanie and her mother. Like, he has been on the look for them since I think Steph was like seven, between the ages of seven or nine, seven and nine. Like, I don't know. I don't remember the exact age. So, like, her mom has forced Steph to like always be moving. Like, she's like, as the, as Laura said earlier in the summaries, like, she's nomadic. Like, they are moving every, anywhere from like two to three months, sometimes even sooner than that, if something, in the mom's eyes like if something sketch happens and she's like okay we're leaving but whenever the dad does come into the picture because I forgot how he finds out oh okay it's because Stephanie and her online friends and the AI because one of her friends is the AI they decide to hack the sex ed robot in her podunk town and I don't even know what state anymore it makes the news because one of her fellow classmates gets all in a tizzy about this sex ed robot actually telling them accurate sexual education information. Anyway, so then the dad starts figuring out, he starts narrowing in on the location of Stephanie. And of course, at this time, because of course, the mom gets sick. And so she's stuck in the hospital. So Steph is there with like giant question mark over her head. And he starts to follow her. And at first she's like, maybe but then the ai finds out that he's abusive and manipulative and controlling and he tells steph this and she's just like well i don't want to be near that person but now he's chasing her because he wants her you think but in the process he gets hit by a car which i found very 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 satisfying especially since he is legit chasing his daughter and he pulls a gun on her this isn't just me getting giggles out of violence. It is justice. I am Uncle Vernon right now in that Harry Potter movie. Which one was it? Was it number? What did Dudley throw up because of the Dementors? Five. Five? Okay. Five. Okay. Yeah, I am Vernon in the movie, not the book, in the movie, whenever he's there eating ice cream and the note comes that Harry got expelled and then he's all like, justice. That was me when I read that. <laughs> very specific reference point i understand that but you said specifically when he was hit by the car and i had an issue with that okay so like michael you learn is not really interested in stephanie right stephanie yeah. is yet another tool in his arsenal to get what he really wants right which which is code that the mother has locked on her laptop 
that will de-encrypt bank information, I believe, if I'm not mistaken. I think so. Yeah, I think it was like bank info. Yeah, bank info, credit card info, things like that. You did write that you loved when he got shrink wrapped by the bakery robot, which I thought was really funny. Yes, because it's just a great way to describe it. Because he it's just like, oh, like the first instance was really violent. And this instance was just like pure comedy. It would have been great if they like put a little whipped cream on his head. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> or like we're also wrapped him in some ribbon and then tacked a bow to him and everything. Like, yeah, I don't know. I got a I got a truly gorgeous visual in my mind of a man being shrink wrapped. And the robot that popped into my mind was the emoji robot that you can see on your phone. But I did, you know, the AI Cheshire cat, the AI did say that it selected to hit him, but not to kill him. And I was thinking, why? Because the AI doesn't want to be evil and he doesn't want to kill him because then that would make him an evil AI. Does it? Does it make it an evil AI? Okay, according to his maker, it did. She done took him offline. So here, I'll give you the psychology question. Oh, God. There's a train on the tracks. Mm -hmm. And Mm -hmm. the only way to stop it is if you push one person onto the track. If you don't push that person onto the track, it's going to go on and hit five more people. What do you do? That makes no sense. Thank you. (laughs) Because what would one person, there is not enough body mass in one person to stop a train. So, you know, it's just going to mow down all six then. So you just watch it happen. In reality, I probably would be like too shocked and stunned to do anything. And then I would immediately just like cry because like, you know, I'd cycle into that. Oh, my gosh, why didn't I do anything? And then probably be depressed for the rest of my life. Thank you very much. But like, no. (laughs) That that question makes no sense. Let's talk about the mom, too, because the mom's an important character in this kind of. Laura, did you have any questions about Steph's mom? I do wonder why she wasn't more honest with Steph and just tell her what was happening. Because then I feel like Steph would more understand the whole the gravity of the situation. Yes, agreed. Agreed. That's always the case, right? If people don't get enough information, then they fill in the the blanks with all kinds of different scenarios and it's not always the best one and Uh, i think it goes back to adults not listening to teens they're also not treating them with respect like you know because you think they're too young to understand this so i can't tell them i'll just keep telling them this weird thing and they'll just accept it but no they can handle the truth (laughs) yeah Yeah. There, there certainly was a point where I think it had gone too far because, I mean, we're, we're even questioning along with her. I think her mom's got a mental illness. I think something, something else is going on. But then there's always the question of the missing finger. Oh, yeah, I forgot she has a missing finger. I mean, that's some pretty strong evidence that she's telling the truth about the abusive relationship. Yeah. Right. But I mean, I agree with Laura. It's like, I don't know. Why didn't she give more detail or why was the only detail she gave Steph a lie, which was that article that she kept laminated in the car. And even the article was wrong. Like there was no fire and I forgot what else was wrong, but like, it was like all wrong. And none of it, none of it was the truth. And I mean, I think like maybe her mom didn't have to tell her everything, but I think once she was 
a teenager and in high school and also I think once Steph because even Steph admitted that at the beginning of all this crazy moving that like you know she would get really angry and would like purposely cause scenes and like respond in just like really um aggressive ways yes aggressive that's a good word for it but then after a while she was just like this is gonna be nowhere just like whatever I think even when she hit that point the mom could have trusted her with that information maybe not every single piece of it like hey guess what I have on this computer I got like some bang breaking stuff on here just like don't touch it and also that's why we're running (laughs) from your dad I think the newspaper article though she she presented this false front because human nature is to inquire and I think that that would be if she had all the information at certain points it would be impossible for her to resist the urge at all times to not just Google him. Mm-hmm. And the second that. that she did that and Googled him, her. like, I mean, that's because that's essentially what happened, right? Like her friends started to look him up and look her up and he had some spiders out in the web looking for that. Yeah. And when that footprint happened, that's what led him to her. Yeah. I mean, yeah. I don't know, but I do think the mom could have been more honest with her to begin with, just because, I mean, she's a fully functioning human being at this point. She's not stupid. She may not know how to write a check like most of us born after 1995, but. (laughs) I can totally teach you how to write a check, Liz. I'm okay. I don't want to learn. But we might have to go back to that at some point. What? Why? Cyber warfare. Uh, okay you see when atlanta got their their systems hacked the city of atlanta and the ransomware people wanted fifty thousand dollars they had to go back to filling out all their forms on pen and paper you never know it may become a useful skill again and then i will be rocking i'll have to (laughs) teach all you guys how to write checks yes you will you will tim you will have to teach me then but until then no thank you I will stick with my Apple Pay on my phone. Thank you. <laughs> so let's talk about Cheshire Cat. So cute. I wish it had a body so I could hug it. <laughs> but do you think Cheshire, there's sort of an illusion at the end there that Cheshire Cat may not be trustworthy. And that's Why? coming, that was coming from uh, Cheshire Cat's creator. I forget what her name is. Annette? Annette? Okay, yeah, I, yeah. Annette could go climb up a tree all i care i'm like cheshire cat did the right thing you and your dumb morals can just go out the window bye and go eat a donut and that did a very good job of stalling michael quinn out though didn't she mm-hmm. for he having did. been thrown right into that situation there were a lot of themes of acceptance around uh sexual identity as well in this book mm-hmm and also there was like a mention about that ingrained racism in the town where Steph meets Brianne and Rachel um, and like the town where kind of all of this goes down because Brianne is mixed race and there was like a party. I mean, it wasn't like a main focal point, but it was there and it was, I think uh, Naomi Kritzer did just like a very um, great and subtle job of just kind of talking about that, like yeah something happened and all the other kids got away and they like ran after Brianne even though like she wasn't doing anything and they they gave her like all the tests like 
did she take drugs was she drinking alcohol she came back negative from all of them and they still blamed her like huh well you must have been doing something yeah and it's like um, after all you were walking on the street yes so i think she she addressed that issue like beautifully and also like gender identity and stuff but i feel like i talk a lot so y'all can talk she did give a very subtle lesson on pronoun use Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Laura, can I ask you something? Yes. Okay. As a teen librarian, what were the things that when you read this book that made you think, if you even thought this, if you did not think this, and that's totally cool too, and then what are the reasons why you thought what you thought? Um, <laughs> but the actual question is, what are the things that stood out and would encourage you to recommend this book to some of your teens? I did like the subtle yet just the great way of pointing out pronouns because I think it was when they were all talking on their you know online platform and one of them used the wrong pronoun Mm -hmm. if I'm remembering correctly and they just corrected them they just apologized started using the correct pronoun instead of making it about them apologizing so much that it's just awkward and uncomfortable I just thought that was really well handled and like the whole sexual identity, gender identity was well handled, but it wasn't the main focal point. Mm-hmm. And I'm so glad that more LGBTQIA plus books are not just focusing on coming out and having that be the whole thing of the book. This is a part of the person, mm-hmm. but it's not all encompassing taking up the whole book, if that makes sense. No, it does. It's- that makes perfect sense. It's sort of moving beyond the coming out to yes to what happens next, the acceptance mm-hmm. and how to proceed and organize things. Any other things like characters, specific scenes, other themes or tropes? Because I mean, I know the gender identity and sexual identity is a big one. Like, and I totally agree with the emphasis on that. I just didn't know if there was anything else because I feel like this book actually had a lot. <laughs> It did. It packed a lot into a relatively small book. I mean, I don't know. Was it small? 300 plus pages? Yeah, it seems small to me. <laughs> it just went by fast. That's, a, that's actually a healthy size book. I mean. Mm-hmm. Yeah, but like you said, Tim, it went by really fast. So I feel like she packed a lot, a lot of nuance and subtlety in it. So I just didn't know if there's anything else. I mean, if that's all you wanted to focus on, that's totally fine. I just didn't know if there's anything else. Yeah, and just because I think a lot more kids are living with and dealing with domestic violence than we would like to think there are. Mm-hmm. And I'm glad that more books like this are coming out so that these kids know that they're not alone mm-hmm. and that there is help and it can get better. I just thought that was really well handled. Agreed. So this might be a good time to mention the uh, the family violence prevention services and phone numbers for the Rape Crisis Center and those things? Yeah. So yes, the um, Family Violence Violence Prevention Services, um, you can call them at 210-821-3855. The Rape Crisis Center at 210-349-7273. Or if you are a teen and are a victim of teen dating violence, you can text LOVEIS, that's L-O-V-E-I-S, to 22522 or you can call 1-866-331-9474 excellent thank you so favorite thing about the book 
Laura, you go first. You're the guest of honor. (laughs) I like the different ways that people can be friends because for Steph being friends with her online people, those were her people. But then she was starting to meet real life friends and because before she didn't want to have any real life friends because she just had to say goodbye. So I liked the theme of the different friendships and how they all provided different supportive networks and spaces for her. That's a really good point. I think I'm, <laughs> I think I'm going to second that motion. <laughs> and I will third it. <laughs> so we're, we're all going to also add that at the end, whenever they all come together in the little robot run bakery was so stinking cute. I love that so much. <laughs> it is great. I know that Liz also liked how Cheshire Cat calls uh, the real world. What yeah. we would say IRL. The, the meat space. Cause it's yes. meat space. I'm going to start referring to that instead of our own, but like in meat space. So yes, I, I think I'm going to refer to the real world as meat space all the time. <laughs> so I think we've covered everything. Yeah, I think so. I like the quote, I analyzed robot vacuum data and concluded that if you have a cat, you have uh, to clean your floors more often, but in my opinion, cats are definitely worth it for the extra cleaning. <laughs> That's a good one. Okay. I also I don't know how Steph's mom did not know there was a cat in their small apartment. <laughs> how would you not know that? That's true. Like I'm sure it meowed a few times. Well, and the litter box situation. Oh, that's. I true. feel like that should that should smell. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> No, okay. At the end, whenever the dad has uh, Steph and her friends and Annette hostage, he's all waxing poetic about himself. This is a dad. He says, "What do you What do you want me to do? You're my daughter, Stefania. You deserve a say. Are there problems, global problems that keep you awake at night? Oh yeah, this is where he's all like, I I am the smartest person to run everything. Like it needs to be me. And so then that he's asking her that, and she's like hydrogen hydroxide in the water supply (laughs) (laughs) because they talked about how that's water at the beginning yes and and then it says i i say finally and i hear a strangled noise from where marvin's sitting (laughs) okay how how about this for a quote michael quinn i said through every available microphone i am the world's most badass cat picture aficionado and i recommend that you put down your gun and surrender (laughs) <laughs> yes yes that is a beautiful quote i think i highlighted that one too okay this is where we say thank you to laura for joining us and will you come back again sometime laura i hope so thanks so much for having me excellent and uh thank you for listening remember every book that we discuss is available for checkout through the san antonio public library you can visit them online at mysapl.org Please remember to rate, review, and subscribe wherever you get your podcast. You can view our book list reviews and suggested reads at our Goodreads page. That's Sap Will Escape the Earth. You can write us with stories, suggestions, random thoughts, or interesting sci-fi and geek culture information at sapwillescapetheearth at gmail.com. All scrunched together like one word. And we will definitely read whatever we get on the air. And join us next month for our discussion of Machinehood by S.B. Divya. Thanks for joining us, everyone. And thank you again, Laura, for coming on to the show with us. 
Thank you so much, Fun. Escape the earth. Escape.